This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 4059, for Thursday, the 22nd of February, 2024. Today's show is entitled, The Southern Cross. It is hosted by Brian in Ohio, and is about 12 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is another retro computer. Hey, Hacker Public Radio, Brian in Ohio here. I'm out from Iraq uh, doing another episode to try to keep HPR going. Uh, I'd encourage people uh, who are sitting on the fence or, uh, you know, I saw a few emails about people who have shows that they've been working on for a long time or sitting in the can but haven't been edited. Just upload those things. It's uh, content is better than quality. It's a really, really a shame that podcasting is gone into this um, form where everybody has to try to emulate uh, national public radio or um, even the No Agenda show. There's a lot of talk about audio quality, and I think that it, it, um, it's, it's sad because um, I can remember as a child uh, clinging to my AM radio, listening to Ken Burns, a famous assassinated talk show host in Denver, Colorado, and, uh, you know, I'd listen to him and on the crackly, staticky shows on my little AM radio, and I didn't care about quality. I wanted to hear what the man had to say, and uh, and I think we want to hear what you have to say. We don't need it to be perfect, and uh, my last episode is proof of that uh, the sound quality wasn't uh, was a little click there's some clicking noise in there I'm not going to apologize for it and I don't know why I did it and I'm just not going to go back and try to figure it out because it was just a, a short episode about um, uh, dumping a ROM so I mean it's not we're, we're not um, trying to make money here we're just trying to entertain each other inform each other have fun keep uh, and uh you know, continue to talk about free software, free culture. That's all good stuff. So uh, please, if you have shows, upload them. Don't let them sit on your hard drive. It's no good to anybody. All right. Uh, today, a show about uh, another acquisition. Oh, this is getting crazy. I found this, another eBay find. Um, and it's another, uh, I'm sticking to Z80 computers. Um, this one is not a kit. I found a uh, Southern Cross. Um, so the Southern Cross Z80 single board computer um, was uh, developed by uh, a man named Chris Jones. Uh, so it came uh, out of the Talking Electronics Tech One. Tech One was a uh, was introduced in 1983 by uh, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he's some he's a crotchety old Australian guy who has had has a, well, there's still stuff on the web about uh, his his um, projects and circuits and uh, electronic stuff. Um, and anyway, um, so the Tech One was a single board computer that I although I can't really find this anyway, or maybe I did read it somewhere, but I think it was influenced by the Kim one. Uh, Kim One was uh, released in 1976 by Moss Technology. Now, the Kim One uh, uh, was 
was designed by the designers of the 6502 uh, microprocessor. And it was a way to get people using the 6502. It was specifically a commercial product to get people using the 6502. The Tech One uh, was really designed specifically get to get the ordinary bloke involved with computers. It was a, it was a hobbyist level computer, but it has a similar idea. What it is is it's a it's a it's the minimum kind of sort of what they the creator creators thought were the minimum components necessary to have a functioning kind of computer. Uh, and what it is is it's got some uh, seven segment displays. It's got six of them. It's got some uh, keypad with uh, where you can put in hex. Um, hex values and you can uh, examine memory somewhat you can't examine memory at least at least I haven't figured this out yet you have from the keypad you can't examine memory like you can on the on the membership card membership card has a lot more access to the internals of the Z80 chip itself the the keypad on the Southern Cross is much more uh, you're just examining the RAM and the ROM uh, from the uh, um, on the computer. You're not really looking at the internal registers. As far as I know, there's probably ways to do that, and I just am not completely up on it yet. Anyway, it's a um, so it's got a keypad for entry, and what you do is uh, you, when you power up the board, uh, it's it shows you a, an address in hexadecimal which is 2000 hexadecimal and that's where the start of ram and then you can insert via your keypad uh data into those um is starting at 2000 you can insert uh uh values that represent a program machine code and then you can go back and you can make sure it's okay and then you can run it a uh, simple couple of keystrokes and you can run your program and and um the the board itself up i'll include a picture in the show notes but uh because here in a podcast a uh although what i say a, a picture is worth a thousand words i'd say a thousand words is worth the podcast so here i am it the the board i got is um it's version three uh there seems to be one more revision after that uh i can't there's nothing that I've seen, it's really well labeled. It's nicely laid out. Every every component on the top has a label, and if it has a, you know, if it it tells you what it what the device is generically. Uh, an example would be IC number nine is a seventy four C nine twenty three. It's a keyboard encoder. That's all on the on the solder on the the mask on top of the board, um, and so all the components are labeled. You can power it with any nine volt uh, source, AC or DC. It's kind of cool. You can stick an AC or DC into it, nine volts, and um, it'll power up. And then you uh, have choices of clock speeds, and uh, you have a fast clock and a slow clock. It's clocked at four megahertz. It looks like the fast clock. Slow clock uh, is some reduction of that. I haven't looked at closely at the circuit. And then there's a speed control to further. Uh, kind of manipulate the speed and and there's some built-in programs um in the documentation there's some some uh kind of chip tunes it's got a little tiny uh, piezo buzzer little tunes that it'll it'll play out and wait and then there's some in the documentation that's available there's some programming examples that allow you to modify the songs and stuff like that just to get your 
yourself working into uh, working with machine code and um, the uh, you can so that speed adjust you can adjust the frequency of the or the speed of the tune and and then there's some uh, demonstration programs of flashing segments on the uh, uh, LEDs and you can slow those down to see it happening uh, the um, it's a nice white board, white in color, uh, and this came, I did not assemble this, this came assembled from the, the eBay store that I bought it from, uh, and it seems, you know, decent, decent soldering job, nothing too bad, and it worked right out of the box, it's a nice little, it's a nice little board, uh, let's see, what else do I have to say about it, uh, it's easier, to, it's probably easier to program than the Z80 membership card, only because it's a little bit bigger in size. Uh, but in the end, you're still doing hand-assembled, um, hand-assembled machine code. In other words, you write, you're going to write down the machine code on a piece of paper, and then you're going to get the opcodes, and you're going to translate it, and then you're going to put those in. Uh, you're not going to write uh, the next programming language on this thing by hand. You're going to, you're going to want an assembler at some point, but it gets you. Get your head wrapped around what assembly is, what machine codes are, what what are the common machine codes that are used? Because the because the Z80's got hundreds of of machine of opcodes of things it can do. Um, this device, the the board itself, has got a couple nice expansion breakout boards you can solder up to. So everything uh, you can add some uh, you can add components to it pretty easily, and and any, and and really, it does, it's encouraged because it's like one of the things that you'd want to build in it early on would be a uh, some kind of bitbang serial interface. There's there's uh, in that same documentation. Oh, this is all at the uh, GitHub site, which there's a link in the show notes. Uh, there's documentation on how to build that bitbang serial interface. Bitbang serial is um, where you're. Uh, it's not like you're just plugging in a chip and doing it. You're having the microprocessor do the the timing and everything to get the uh, the serial interface so you can communicate and upload and, uh, programs and save programs um, onto a more modern machine uh, <coughs> so there's plenty of projects out there there's a uh, a youtube channel i put a link in that uh ready z80 i think it is this guy sounds australian could be could be a, uh, a kiwi i don't know uh one of those one of those countries and uh, he has, uh, I've got a link to one of his episodes uh, that specifically talks about Chris Jones, the development of the Southern Cross. He's got some other per, uh, episodes in his, in, his, um, um, in his videos that he's done. The la- latest one being the Tech, Tech 1G, I think it is, which is actually the first, uh, f- he says, his first fully open source uh, tech one, so there's still tech one derivatives out there. I guess there's an active Facebook group. I'm not, uh, I'm not part of that, but uh, it's it's out there. So I think if you're int- if you're want to learn about retro computing and you don't want to, and you want something a little bit uh, less expensive, if you want to build something out there, there's the tech one Southern Cross. You can get the Gerber files. You can have uh, one of these uh, board production houses spin you a board and then and just slowly get the components and and it wouldn't cost a lot of money to put one of these together and then you can just uh, t- learn how to do uh, assembly language and learn how machines uh, how computers you know even today there's there's transfer of knowledge to modern day computers 
if you're not into that, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But uh, I think it's kind of fun and it's uh, and an interesting look into the past into machines that are pretty understandable and very useful. You can actually make things do things on these computers. They're they're uh, they're still useful today. I think. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's all for this episode. Uh, uh, I would encourage everybody again to uh, pick up a mic, make a make an episode for, of yourself, your own retro computers. If you have any questions, you can, uh, or if you have any comments, go ahead and uh, either shoot me an email or you can um, record a show. Uh, so with that, I'd like to, uh, I'm signing out, Brian and O'Hire signing out, and I just want to remind everybody about Sturgeon's Law, especially here, well, it's not just here, but wherever elections are going on right now, uh, just remember Sturgeon's Law from 1951. 90% of science fiction is crud, but then 90% of everything is crud. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons attribution 4.0 International License.